Chanson and Greggy Chanson and Greggy Okay I think I have it Any luck? Yeah Hey, there Woo. we go <laughs> Wahoo <laughs> okay well then we're all here um so jansen and i are gonna do a thing where we're we're like saying we've been doing reality show 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 we took over from uh charlie and joe okay <laughs> um so you're here for like the guest segment so we're gonna do that um and we're, oh. and we're just gonna talk about the podcast the episode that um you know we all listen to okay <laughs> Okay. And yeah, like I've got some notes uh more like actual notes about the show than uh usual podcasts or wonderful questions, but uh I got some of those mixed in there too. But if I skip anything or if you want to talk about anything, you know, definitely let me know. We okay. Can... I'm having a hard time remembering it off the top of my head, so just you <laughs> Make your comments and then I'll remember. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, no problem. I have a list of things that happened in this episode too that I, <laughs> okay, that I great. Liked, so. Yeah, I've got a list of all the segments and uh we can talk about all that. Um cool. Okay, so here we go. So this week on the reality show show show, Chanson and I listened to episode twenty four, uh featuring Daniela McBride, Sean Clements, and Hayes Davenport. You know, Sean and Hayes, as always, on Reality Show Show. Um, and our guest did as well. Uh, you know this lady as one of the, the, the greatest call-in guests to the Reality Show Show. Uh, she made the amazing Reality Show Show uh, Christmas Carol, if you remember. She's, you know, one of the biggest fans of Reality Show Show. Please welcome to the show, Valerie Bryant. Hey guys, <laughs> thanks for having me on your show. Oh, yes, of course. Thank you for being here. Um, We're really excited that you're here. It's really awesome to have such a such a forum legend here on the show. <laughs> oh, thank you, Chanson and Greggy are saying that to me. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I don't I don't want to fan out too much, but it is very similar to the first time I ever spoke to Chanson. Um, I'm just freaking out here. Yeah, you're all amazing. Of course, they never they never mentioned me until very late in the run of the show. Um, so, oh, do you think that was on purpose? Well, I, I kind of feel like an imposter because you know I'm here with two uh, reality show show listener legends, and you know I was kind of a Johnny come lately at the end there. Yeah, they made a whole thing about getting my name wrong for like six episodes. Oh, that's right. How did they pronounce it? Chanson? What did they? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I actually just finished a reality show so re-listen and the the way they would re they would say Chanson's name was Chanson every time. Oh wow, yeah, that's a little much. Like the first that's... time it was an accident and then the like the rest of the times was definitely on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you corrected them in the forum and they were like, "Huh, all right." <laughs> that seems like something I would do, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, they did not like, uh, you know, constructive criticism for reality no. shows. So they weren't interested mm. in it. <laughs> but of course, with no, a show I remember this I had good, an issue. Oh, right. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> one, thing, <laughs> one thing about this episode that I, that I like, that really sticks out in my mind that I remember very vividly about it was that it was like they had done a string of live episodes where you could call in. And then this one was the first one where it wasn't live. And this was going to be the one where I was going to call in for the first time. And it like broke my heart. I was there waiting on the day that they recorded it, like hoping it would come on and it, and it never did. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot that they did like a string of call in ones, but that makes sense. Cause they mentioned that at the beginning and, and I guess that was the time they were doing like eardrop and stuff and trying to do something with that. They had like earwolf radio. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so did you ever end up calling into uh, reality show show chance no, I didn't, because I don't think they ever did a call-in episode after, yeah, or a, like a live episode after that. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I kind of went back to this one, because I knew we were going to do it on the show, but uh, it's been a while since I, I got to it in the uh, re-listen, so I couldn't remember if they did another call-in show after this. Yeah, I think, I remember, because I remember listening, like, consecutive weeks, thinking that, uh, or, like, trying to go to that Earwolf radio at the right time and stuff, consecutive weeks, to try and like, hopefully that I'd be able to call in and it just, they never did it again. So it was, it really you were just always out. there. I was just sitting by the phone. Yeah. It's really sad when you, when you put it in those terms. <laughs> um, well, just in case somehow this is somebody's first episode they're listening to, uh, Reality Show Show was a show that uh, Sean and Hayes did before their current podcast, uh, Hollywood Handbook, uh, where they would watch different reality shows. They would talk about them on the show. They would, uh, I, I, I always kind of freak out about like the amount of work that went into this show because they had to watch all these shows. They had to find clips from like several shows every episode and book guests like every week. It, it was just they insane, had, the amount of work they, they put had, into the show. They had great, like, amazing guests. Like, like uh, they had uh, Frank from The Challenge. They had uh, John A. from The Challenge. Like, right after they had finished. Mm-hmm. And, like, Michael Stagliano from Bachelor Pad. Like, they had um, – these are, like, amazing guests. Like, I, it's – these are people who would, like, be household names in a lot of normal, non-alt-comedy, <laughs> non-podcast-listening people's houses. Like, that's – like, people who don't know anything about UCB would know these people's names. And that's, like, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, how did they do that? That was so awesome to get, like, people that I've watched on TV. Like, not proudly, but, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, of course they're household names, but also in a way, I, there's probably not a ton of podcasts breaking down their door for interviews. So... Well, I mean, you heard Daniela, though. She's working on a lot of projects, so oh, they somehow yeah. caught her in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to pay for her. They had to go to a, you know, a date auction and get her. Right. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, um, they, cured, they cured a kind of cancer to get her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode is actually kind of special because, uh, of course, it's, Chanson and I, we we review every episode of uh, Reality Show Show. We're probably on our fourth cycle by now. You you listeners know. Um, <laughs> we, we just keep going over these episodes over and over again. But recently, the Howell paywall went up 
all these episodes went behind the paywall and uh, they took all the ads out. Um, and this episode, when we got to it, to our surprise, it was completely unedited. Uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes talk that was not on the episode before. And, uh, it, it was really interesting to listen to. Yes, I loved that rush hour convo. <laughs> How are we doing this? <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, they they went to go talk about the real world, um, and one of the, the guys on the show uh, quoted the, uh, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth line from rush hour? And so then Hayes had some clips from rush hour that he was going to say that that guy had also said during the show, but they weren't sure on what the, the bit was there. Uh, so they talked it out beforehand. It was really interesting to hear that. Mm-hmm. And I think they did decide on the right way to do it just to play other rush hour clips and say that those were other things he said in the episode. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I remember liking that a lot when I first listened to it and I still like it now. But now, like, having a little bit more insight into it, it kind of, like, you're kind of like, oh, okay, so they were making choices as they went along, which is kind of cool to see. Mm -hmm. And they didn't fully seem to agree. Like, I feel like you can hear in Hayes' voice when Sean's like, no, I think we should just not mention Rush Hour. He's like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and Hayes is like, we can edit this out later, but, like, what is this bit exactly? And Sean just sits back and thinks for a while, like, hmm. What would be the best way to do this? Yeah. But pretty quick, you know. They didn't take too long. It's still um, impressive. Right. We're not judging you guys, if you're listening. And they oh, are. Yeah, I mean, course. you know. They write on your forums now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Shout out, Hayes. Um, Sean, I don't think you deserve it this week, to be honest. Uh, not a lot of input this week. Uh, but Hayes, Definitely. Like, and he got in an argument with one of your regulars in the forum. It was like, Sean, really? Yeah. Calm down. Got a little too political. Like, okay, Trump, whatever. He's kind of bad or whatever. I don't know. I don't stay up to date on this news and stuff. But please don't yell at our listeners. No. And how is the episode of reality show show where they talk about Padma being drunk? Like, how does that lead to a conversation about Trump? Like, he always brings it back there somehow. <laughs> Neither did Kristen, though. Neither <laughs> did Kristen. <laughs> Neither did Kristen, though. <laughs> God, such a good one. That's one of my favorite lines in all of TV ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so and what I love. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. What I love about that real world moment was um, the way that Johnny says it is, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Which (laughs) reminds me of some of the other reality show show moments when they had clips of someone saying like Bueller um, and you're killing me smalls. Like where every time someone quotes a movie, they have to be just very casual and deadpan about it. It's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Like oblivious to the, the reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and it was interesting that this episode turned out to be the one that was like completely unedited that way because there are some really standout bits in the reality show show canon on this episode. Uh, first of all, just the celebrity auction thing, like uh, you know, they they had that whole story about how <laughs> William Fickner uh. uh <laughs> bought everybody and was putting his uh car up for for auction as well um it's pretty crazy yeah. but then the 
one of the biggest bits on the show uh, was the anal sex uh, thing from reality from uh, <laughs> real world. That oh, that was a weird bit for me. I wasn't sure. I wasn't, and I still, I'm still not like entirely sure. Like, were they like, they're basically saying, Marlon, you don't, you don't have to like hide that from people. Like, you don't have to make up excuses about it. That's what they were saying, right? Like, right. Or like, like it's you can just admit that that you had sex with a man. Like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, or just, or just that odd decision making. Yeah, or that his his excuse is just so like weird. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't track. Well, yeah. It, like, yeah, it, like, draws attention to it rather than, like... <laughs> yeah. I guess he's basically... His explanation was basically I was going through an identity crisis, but the way he words it is, like, I wasn't playing football anymore, you know, so I had to try out something new. Yeah, and he had to find to something do. to fill the time, yeah. <laughs> but I, I really love that they... St- you know, shared stories from their life where the same thing happened to them. And <laughs> Sean, <laughs> Sean said that, uh, you know, he wasn't doing uh yearbook. I think it was, or the newspaper, yes. something like that. He wasn't doing something anymore. And so he was face down in a locker and Hayes <laughs> stopped him and he made him go back and like, uh, walk him through how that happens that, you know, that follows yeah. that you're going to be, having anal sex with your face down in a locker. And I love that Sean said if the reality show show ends, he would be having anal sex with with a man within the hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, that was a great bit. The real world poetry thing. Uh, that's oh not like God, one of the ones so they great. do. Yeah, but but I just always remembered that like I didn't even watch this episode. I've never seen this this episode of the Real World, but <laughs> you know, you know people that that write poetry and then share it around. They make it a big deal like, "Oh, you don't have to read this. It's no big deal." And then you read it and it's awful and you can't really say so because you know, mm-hmm. they're pouring their soul out to you. So this this season of the Real World Real World Real World Portland had like every cast member except for Joy, who was a Playboy model from actually she's actually from around Seattle, and then she went home. She was in my, the same year as me at UW oh, too. That's, but oh, wow. that's a whole thing. Have you met her, yeah. Jason? <laughs> um, I haven't met her, but I know people who know her. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so she like definitely weird... wasn't like your college girlfriend or anything like that. <laughs> well, she was, but she didn't know that she was. If that oh, makes okay. sense. <laughs> uh, it was a whole yeah, it's a whole thing. I don't want to get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but the thing about this, like this season was like everyone in this season was, they were like, they had like more than normal. They were like people who would definitely be good on the challenge. Like that's oh, one okay. thing. And I, and you know, I love the challenge. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love the real world too, but like, oh, and the other thing about the people in this season was that like, n- they didn't, any of them get along. Like uh-huh. they were all like, they were all like like oil and water to each other, uh-huh. which was really great. And then they brought in someone halfway through too, which was, who was even worse. And it was so great. Yeah. I think the only people that got along were Johnny and Avery. For some reason they decided to date and it was like, Oh, you're both disgusting. I guess this makes sense. But, but then they had them on the challenge, like immediately after this and they had already broken up and would not talk to each other. And it was amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah, they were acting like they'd move in together. And it's like, uh, I don't think so, guys. And then, yeah, that quick update is like, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't, um, wasn't Leroy terrible on the challenge? Yeah, I think, uh, I forget why, though. There was like a reason. I think I think he had a, oh, he couldn't swim. He couldn't, he wasn't a strong swimmer. Yeah, so maybe he's afraid of everything. Yeah, it's just funny because, you know, he beasts in the gym. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So do you think they they recruit for real world specifically for how good they'll do in the challenge? Do you think that has anything to do with it? I think it's part of it. Doing that, yeah. And you know, it's like they're not all good in the same way. Like some people are good competitors, and other people are like Jessica, you know, writing sad poems where you go, "Oh, she's going to be very whiny," which will also be fun. <laughs> and she is. <laughs> she yeah she, oh she bugged me so much, and she's been <laughs> in a few challenges too, and it's like oh. Yeah, she's um. She's an interesting character. I did understand the poem situation, though. Like, I'm like, okay, you wrote this thing that's very meaningful to you. And then because it's meaningful to you, you convince yourself it's good and you should show other people. Um, And then, of course, when Leroy does read it, it's not he he is doing it because he's like, this is bad. I'm going to embarrass her. I think he's like, this is going to be good. You know? Yeah, definitely. The way you lied to me blah 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 and it's like he did say it that way like very straight like i don't know i felt bad for her at that moment even sean and hayes making fun of her i was like you sons of bitches (laughs) oh i felt really embarrassed for her like honestly i did i did but at the same time she like printed it out and like i remember that episode she prints it out and gives it to everyone like yes and maybe the producers like made her do that or something i don't i don't really know it but feels like, like something she would do, though. Like it fits it that totally kind of does. personality. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't feel out of character for her at all. But I think all she wanted was for people to read it silently and be like, "Oh my god, that was so good!" You know, yeah. like <laughs> you're really going through something right now. What can we do to help you? Yeah, just but like it. instead of talking about it like a normal person <laughs> and like opening herself up to other people's empathy, she like writes a poem that's. Not, not great. And then yeah. prints it out, gives it to people, and says nothing about it. <laughs> I I was immediately drawn in by the poem, though I have to say, just from like the little bit mm-hmm. of like, I can feel your lies in the words you say. You whatever. I was like, okay, remind me of what happened with this boyfriend because this is intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, today was the first time it it occurred to me that it could have been. Like a producer saw her writing this poem and made her, you know, or said, you know, suggested that maybe she should print it out and show it around. Yeah. Like every other like, time, it, I just assumed that she did that on purpose. Like, you know, trying to be like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a poet. Everybody be impressed by that. And so I, I didn't have a lot of uh, sympathy for her before it's today. It's definitely something she would do on her own. Like okay. the producers, I mean, I, I feel like the real world producers are pretty hands off, actually. Like that's kind of one thing I like about the show is that there really are just sociopaths in a house. Like it's not, <laughs> no one's telling them to do any of this. They're choosing to do it. Like it's, they're in a house and they're like, oh, this is a good idea to do this dumb thing. And that's why it's great. Yeah. We should drink and fight you guys. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I did hear um, on a real world special that the very first season, the producers like 
put a book of nude photos of one of the guys in the house so that the other house guests would find it. And they did. And they were like, oh, what the fuck? And that guy got so mad. And everyone got so mad about the producers interfering that they were like, oh, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I can believe Which, that. That's I yeah. mean, I, I feel like the real world, like, that's one thing. Okay. I, like, I love the real world. And I love the challenge. And one thing I love about the real world is I feel like it's not other than the fact that they've taken these people and put them in a house and they've definitely like screened them and they know everything about them and stuff. Like they put them in the house and then they kind of like let them do stuff. They don't mm-hmm. like, well now, and like now they've like made it in, like they've started adding things in cause the ratings like Sean and Hayes said are real bad, like really bad. <laughs> the ratings have been terrible. So they've started well, to like mess with it and it really bugs me. I think that's uh, I think the ratings got worse because for a while they were too focused on casting the prettiest people or like they had that whole season where all these people want to be famous and they were just so boring. They were so pretty, but so boring. Um, So I think they really have to continue to do like what they did with this season um, where they get people that are that have like bad attitudes, people with anger problems, people who <laughs> write sad poetry. <laughs> That's what we want. So do you guys still watch the real world and the challenge every every season? Chanson. I, I do. Yeah, I Chanson do. Does. I definitely do, yeah. No, I plan to, and then I never do. Like, I don't know when it's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I watched, I think, two episodes of the challenge last time. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a challenge guy. And I hated it. I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> um, so I had to give up on it. Wait, why didn't you enjoy it? I I don't know. Like, all the the drama seemed very fake to me. But, I mean, I know it's real because these people are just living together and stuff. And then the, mm-hmm. uh, the challenges were, I don't know. They seemed kind of hokey and, like, hmm. They are. They totally are. Yeah, right. the challenges... Like the competitions are are kind of like contrived, and I mean, I don't I don't think they're yeah and they're I don't not like be, the main focus really. I don't want to be a jerk because I I like other reality shows, plenty of other reality shows, uh, <laughs> but just this one I don't know. Uh, probably because I'm just getting too old. Can't watch these young people fight <laughs> and make out. <laughs> It is, you know, and I think with the fake drama, I think um, drunk drama often comes across as fake because it kind of is. It's oh, like yeah, those aren't real so. emotions. You know, you're suddenly mad at people who like normally you wouldn't care about. And I think maybe I haven't seen the last couple seasons of the challenge, but um, we may have missed out on some of the more exciting people like Wes, you know, shouting, I have 30 companies um, <laughs> at someone like, I would love to watch that season. Yeah. That was a great season. <laughs> <laughs> Cause was it Johnny bananas that he yelled that at? Yeah. They have like an epic feud, Wes and Johnny bananas that like they're, they just, I don't, I, I can't really tell if they really don't get along or if it's just that they don't get along on the show. Because mm. I, I think they're it, both so competitive. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just a competitive thing, though. I don't think it's that they actually don't like each other. That's what's weird about that show is you can't tell if it's just people being super competitive or people actually don't like each other. Yeah, that's true. And maybe when they are competing, 
against one another for like that whole time they're there they really don't get along because you know how when people are so obsessed with winning they like they act like psychopaths you know like when you're playing a video game with a friend and and you throw a green shell at them or whatever in Mario Kart and they like fucking throw your controller across the room and you're like oh shit yeah um I feel like that's what Johnny Bananas and Wes do essentially in the challenge and it's great I love every minute of it (laughs) Yes, it's great. <laughs> and then after the rush hour bit, uh, it, the the unediting continues where they, they talk about whether or not they're going to go on break, uh, whether uh, Danielle is there yet or not. Um, then they decide to take a break, but they don't really take a break because it's unedited. So you hear Sean talking to, uh, I think it was the engineer's Cody or something like that. But he's got yeah, some thinking putty and... <laughs> he's kind of like saying oh give me that thinking putty like I want that as a gift as a joke it's like a pretty funny bit there and then they decide to do the Ryan Lochte bit which is another moment that I remember every time when I think about the reality show show because that show seems so terrible <laughs> I watched that show and it was not good and how much of that is his legit personality? Like, is there part of it? Like, is he, he's really that dumb or? I, I think it's, I think it's 100% his real personality. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice to hear, I guess. I mean, not for him. <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> so was there more than like, one season of that, Chanson? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, I don't think. I don't think society can handle more than one season of that. <laughs> well, it's weird when they, um, with certain people, um, that they have enough of a a personality that that they decide to give them a TV show just based on a very small thing. Like, I guess with him, it was just that he was dumb in interviews, and they were like, "Oh, get him a show." Yeah, and he had like. Yeah, he had, like, done really well at the, I think, Beijing Olympics. Mm-hmm. And and then, yeah, I don't think it was anything more than that. Yeah, because, like, Michael Phelps and, doesn't have a show. You know what I mean? Like, no other, like... I think Michael Phelps said no. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah, think I think Ryan Lockie was just that's dumb enough to say yes to getting in the show. I hope they ask every Olympian every <laughs> year. And they're all like, no, he's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> and of course later he famously lied about getting you know stuck up and stuff so he, he's not the, the brightest bulb in the drawer he lied about what uh in, in one of the recent olympics he he went down there and uh there, there was some kind of story about him getting mugged with uh some other olympians he was with that turned out to be like a lie yeah, and they were going to get deported back to Brazil to have to face trial, but it got smoothed over. But it was like a huge deal. Like, oh my god, why? What? <laughs> That's crazy. I think they were. I think they were drunk, and they were like in a gas station bathroom, and they like trashed it, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, I think that's what really happened. They did a lot of vandalism, and then they blamed it on the fact that they were mugged, but they had mm-hmm. never actually been mugged. How much damage can you do to a gas station bathroom, though? I mean, really, like, it seems like they're already going to be awful. Okay, Valerie, I know you're trying to lead me into my famous bathroom-destroying story, <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. It's too gross. 
the real rock stars destroy bathrooms, not hotel rooms. Like my good friend Greggy. <laughs> no bathroom is safe. <laughs> so did did Ryan ever find love in that season, Jansen? <laughs> no. His mom is really nice though. That's that's what I learned. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> he, has, he has a really nice mom who might be too nice and maybe enable his uh, behavior. Yeah, but. I think she maybe went easy on him with the homework and stuff. She's like, no, you don't need to study, my little sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at one thing and one thing only. <laughs> so then Daniela comes in, and uh, all of the, the talk before the actual interview starts is in there. Uh she she's a little confused on whether it's a radio show or a webisode. Um, they let her know it's a podcast. Uh, yeah, it's option three of those two options. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. To, to, like your first web thought is that it's going to be a webisode. Like, isn't that like for TV shows or something? Yeah, and that's so much worse than a podcast. Like, no one watches that. Like. It's, uh, you know, if you post a link to a video on Facebook or anything, zero people will watch it. So I hope she was happy that it's a podcast instead of a webisode. Mm-hmm. It kind of does, like, speak to that time, though, like, and maybe for, like, all the rest of society now and also at that <laughs> time when, uh, like, podcasts really, like, are, like, they weren't really a thing for most people, which is kind of an odd I don't know. It's weird to think that because that's never really been true for me. But yeah, but they somehow still got people to be on it, so that's pretty cool. When most of the people probably were like, "A what? Huh?" Right. Oh, nice job, guys. <laughs> Great job, Sean and Hayes, who are listening right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> eh, Sean, I'm not mad at you anymore, buddy. <laughs> uh, then she names the guys from the previous date she had been on with, like a group date that they had her do uh i guess she doesn't give like full names or anything but i think if i don't know oh yeah that was a little weird right yeah (laughs) what a weird situation that has to like first of all a a date auction like that weirds me out the whole idea of that bothers me yeah yeah in like a lot of like what should be very obvious ways (laughs) (laughs) like yeah, like there's just so many different societal concepts there that are like that that kind of are like, hmm, why is that a good idea? Well, and the guy she talked about, British Richard or whatever, he didn't he didn't bid on her because he's a bachelor fan, right? Like he just went there looking for whoever was cute, I would mm-hmm. assume. Well, there was um, also a colon cancer doctor there. So I thought maybe he was like connected to the the charity or whatever, and his mm-hmm. friend came along as well for whatever reason, and they they decided to bid together. Oh, that's that would be a little creepy. It's like four of my friends and I, we all went in, and then we decided to buy you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's just I, it's hard for me to get into the mind of someone who, like, for whom that's something you would choose to do. <laughs> And Even then, for like, charity. I really want to know m- more about those people, too, because she also mentioned um, that, like, a lady bought them, but then she wanted her money back. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> she 
she tried to return you or what are you saying? <laughs> I would love yeah. to know more. Yeah, I really, I was, I was really hoping to hear more about that, but I, I feel like, I feel like she said more than she probably should have. <laughs> yes. She named names. Don't name names. <laughs> but yeah, it's probably not hard to figure out who those, I mean, if we really wanted to, we could probably go look and see like who those people are pretty easily. I would think. Yeah, yeah I think that's probably the true. I would love to see a reality show about celebrity date auctions. Oh, Follow seriously. people on the dates and stuff, you know? That could be fun. I do love watching people go on dates. <laughs> <laughs> and just like how awkward must that be? Like even like for Danielle, who like clearly is like kind of a public figure and stuff like you've been on The Bachelor, like I guess, you know, you're really attractive and stuff. You're kind of used to attention, I guess. But like that's still got to be a weird like surreal kind of thing to go on a date with someone who like paid to go on the date with like. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's like a real date. It's like just kind of hanging out and, you know, you get the chance to say, I hung out with Daniela McBride of the bachelor. Like you're, you're probably not expecting anything more to come of that. Yeah. And I mean, I do wonder what their thought was versus hers because she said she brought friends, right? And then just kind of ignored the people. It's like, so what is the point? It's mostly just for the charity thing. Like they give money to charity and then you're around somewhere. And I mean, we are talking like thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars for this one day. Like that's, I mean, clearly it's for charity, but still like, that's not, that's not a, it's not the amount of money that I have. Right. No. And not for, I mean, if they saw her on The Bachelor, I don't recall her being like a fun date or anything. She's like pretty normal. Well, they, they, it was kind of cool that they got Daniela for the show because they had actually talked about her earlier in the season, like on reality show show, because for whatever reason, like the producers would never send her on any of the one-on-one dates. And uh, I guess she was funny about the way she reacted to that. Like, really? You're not? I- I'm still getting left out of this? Yeah, I remember there was okay. a bit about that. Like, I, f- I forget what it was. I think they did a bit on her saying, like, what's happening? or something? Like, I just I remember that being a thing. Yeah. So then, you know, the, the conceit of this interview was that they were doing a, uh, like, a, a mini Bachelor there in the show. Uh, she had to choose whether she wanted to give her rose to Hayes or Sean. And it was so funny when she asked, well, you're not going to get upset about this, are you? And they, oh, yes, we're going to be very upset. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Like, they they put all the pressure back on her again. uh, Yeah, I love um, when they make the guests do awkward things like that. Like, it reminds me of when they had the girl from The Voice on. And they had her choose who was the better singer. And yes. and that episode had one of my favorite moments of Sean singing Casey and JoJo's All My Life. And he says, um, and I thank God that I'm, that I'm munching on beef stew. That's right. <laughs> that's like my favorite moment of anything. Like, <laughs> so funny. And uh, then Hayes. She she picks Sean and Hayes gets mad about it and uh, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, what's her face for coming on the show? <laughs> so good. And then she changes her mind. She's like, "Well, whatever. Like, I'll pick Hayes." <laughs> and he's like, "No." 
And when Sean's like, nope, you can't, you can't take it back. You already said it. I need yeah, this. Yeah, Sean's still beaming. <laughs> and that kind of established the whole, like, like the whole Hayes being better than Sean dynamic, to, like a little bit, like it kind of <laughs> speaks to that in Hollywood handbook. Like mm-hmm. where like Sean, you, like you said, Sean said, I need this. Like, that's kind of like, Sean's like played that up more and more like, yeah, like that's true. over time, it seems like, which is funny. Yeah, he has kind of a sad life living in his dad's basement or whatever, like that kind of thing. Well, all through reality show show, you hear like little mini proto Hollywood handbook moments. Like even in this episode, like the whole story with William Fickner in the beginning. Uh, oh yeah, that's totally a uh, real or a Hollywood handbook. You know, during the song story. Uh, yeah, and it reminded me of Hollywood Handbook, too, because I had to look up who that person is. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. okay, let me remember. <laughs> yeah, I had to look up that person, too. <laughs> <laughs> or when uh, Hayes asks whether people mix her up with Marty McBride from Back to the Future. <laughs> She's like, I guess so. <laughs> when then, And then didn't she mention Eastbound and Down, which I thought was like... Yeah, I thought I was I was like impressed by by her knowing Eastbound and Down because I feel like Eastbound and Down it wasn't like no, it's not like no one watched it but it was kind of like a, a not I don't want to say like a cult hit but it was like I don't know it's yeah it's a little bit kind of comedy nerdish yeah to like that and she so. like right off the bat like mentioned it which I, and then they said that Hayes writes for that show which, which <laughs> I thought I just loved that whole moment yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was like uh, all the unedited moments. I think I don't know. I it's hard to say now because the the original episode isn't really available. Like all you yeah. can get now is the Howl version. So it's possible all of those moments were in the original. Well, no, I'm sure they weren't because yeah, I've yeah. listened to this show too many times. Uh, but I I wonder. It seemed like like a lot of things like kind of drew out a little more than they did in the original to me, but I, I, I can't really tell. Like maybe they, they edited out some spaces and ums and uhs and stuff like that. Uh, but who knows? Maybe that was all there in the original. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to go through, uh, do part two episode of this where you point out, okay, Hayes did say, um, at, <laughs> at two thirty eight. Okay. That wasn't in the original episode. <laughs> Yeah, so if anybody has downloaded all of these episodes before they went up on Owl, please email them to me. Uh, well, this one at least. I re-listened to all of the Howl ones, and this is the only one that's unedited, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. Dang. <laughs> or maybe all the other ones were unedited, you know, and they're just oh, that wow. good. Yeah, we don't know. They're extremely <laughs> tight. We have, these... we have no way of knowing, really. That's true. <laughs> You you guys are probably right. I'm sorry. I so, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for being on the show, Valerie. It's it's been great talking to oh, you. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, should should people follow you on Twitter? Like, uh, you have a website they should go to? Anything like that? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, I'm XOValerieXO, I think. <laughs> you know, I get that when I can, and when I can't, um, I make something up. So, okay, who is that now? <laughs> <laughs> you have to buy that Twitter account from whoever has it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially after this big appearance, man. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be like, how did I get all these new followers? Because <laughs> like, I'm charismatic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, thank you so much, listeners, for listening. Thank you, Sean and Hayes, for being our uh, fans on the forums. Everybody get out on the forums and uh, leave a nice comment for us. Uh, we'll talk to you next week on the Reality Show Show Show. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, so there's that. We did it. Oh, it was fun. <laughs> I liked you guys. They get that. Bye. <laughs> Very cute. <laughs> Well, of course, we do that every week, so... <laughs> yeah, you guys have it down to a science. This is a well-oiled Adorable machine, science. let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. That's cute. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to mention, like, with Danielle McBride, one thing she... And this is just something I just want to talk about. I don't care if it's on the show or not. I just need I just need to hear I your opinion I am technically still it. recording, so we can paste it in if we need to. Okay, yeah, if you want to put this in, like... So Danielle McBride... One thing she mentioned was she said that um, she said that when she was 21, The Bachelor, they had reached out to her to get her on the show. And I'm like, yeah. do they recruit people? Do they just like look on MySpace or Facebook and they're like, this person would be good on the show. This per- Let's get this person. And she was 21 and she said she was too young, which I don't whatever that means. But- yeah, they definitely do, because I've heard that about, like, Big Brother, that, um, like, online it'll say where they found people. It's like, this person auditioned. This person was good-looking in a bar. Like, oh. where sometimes they just find them. And that was um, – she did kind of try to make a point to say the show's real, because she said um, – she said, oh, I have two agents now. And I was acting before I went on The Bachelor. And she goes, but uh, it's different now. That uh, The climate's different or whatever. And uh, you can still go on The Bachelor. And it's still a reality show. Mm-hmm. It's like she was trying to say, like, oh, I'm not being fake on it. But, but yeah, I don't know. Because if they did reach out to her three years before. Like, she's really that exciting. That they were <laughs> like, please, please come. <laughs> I just, yeah, just like I just couldn't figure out what the deal with that was. Like, so they they reached out to her, which like th- that's got to be so. I mean, that's got to be really flattering, first of all. And they're like, "You should come on this TV show. We don't know who you are. We, you're just a random person to us, but we like you, and we think you should go on this TV show." Like, I know how good would that feel? She was <laughs> too young. Like, oh god. But I mean, really, though, yeah, even when people are on The Bachelor and they're like 24, 26, I'm like, you want to get married to just whoever right now. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing that I always wonder about a show like The Bachelor. And then she was, you know, like we did make fun of her saying like she has other projects. <laughs> like, like, what what do you get from I mean, you, I know you get some exposure and stuff. You probably get paid for like appearances and stuff. But like long term what do you get out of that i think most people don't get anything like um the girl emily who ended up being a the bachelorette she wrote a book about being um something about love and god i don't know but i saw it at barnes and noble and um so oh, i think love, if yeah. you're <laughs> so i think if you're more um charismatic or or likable maybe you can do something but generally, it's just like the bachelor pad, which mm-hmm. is like the bachelor's answer to the challenge or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's their version. Yeah. And there's like 20 or 30 people every season. So you, like yeah. not everybody gets to, be, you know, go on to stay in the business. I don't know that I've ever seen any of them 
do anything yeah. <laughs> except, you know, except on reality show show, what they tell us where one of the guys from the bachelorette um, wrote a book of poems about baseball. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that tracks. Actually. That, seems, that seems exactly like some, what someone from the bachelorette would yeah. do. <laughs> and Michael Stagliano, um, like released really an album. Like, I like, really yeah, no, like he's Michael super likable, but also like, what? Oh, Bob Guinea. He was the bachelor. He released an album, but you know, they didn't, they, they didn't do well, but they got to play a couple festivals because they could say they're from the bachelor or whatever. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. You just, you wonder like, I, I don't, I guess, I guess maybe that just tells you where I am in my life. Like I'm thinking long-term, what do all these things mean? <laughs> but like, like I just, I, I, and then they moved to LA and they're like, I assume they're trying to, pursue careers and i assume they're trying to act i don't i don't feel like they're trying to be producers or or like directors i don't it seems like what they want is to be actors like in tv or movies and i just it makes me a little sad yeah yeah that's the thing i liked about john a was she was going into makeup hair and makeup wasn't she yeah yeah that seems like a better way to go yeah she didn't have any pretense about it either she wasn't like I'm going to be famous. She's like, yeah, I, this is a thing I like and I'm going to do it. And LA is the best place to do it. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's really reasonable. Wow. <laughs> like it's kind of, it's just really refreshing to hear someone who's like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. And it's something I like. <laughs> yeah. It does make her seem less um, out of touch or, or whatever. I don't know what the word would be, but when the people think they're going to get famous as a singer or actor, I'm like, Wait, what? Like you really? I don't know. That's just like shocking to me that that anyone would really think they could become famous from just being one of the like the person who gets kicked off fifteenth on The Bachelor. I don't <laughs> yeah. Know. When it feels like The Bachelor like hurts your credibility, like it does. I, I feel like that's kind of maybe I don't know if yeah. people realize it or not. Like it feels a little bit like a punchline, like it feels like it would be harder for people to take you seriously. Yeah. I think you might that. be right. Yeah. I mean, you get the exposure, but there's a cost to that. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, previous maybe, to this, maybe not. I, was, I don't know. <laughs> previous <laughs> to this, I was feeling bad for being married and never being able to be on the bachelor, but now I think it's <laughs> actually okay. <laughs> I know. How will you know you really found the one if it, you didn't win over a bunch of other people? <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, these people on The Bachelor have it so much harder than us. <laughs> <laughs> Their lives are really difficult, you guys. <laughs> I could never do it, though. I would, like, freak out. I would be the psycho who's like, what did you do with her? Like, that would be my whole date <laughs> is, like, just focusing on their other dates. Yes. <laughs> it's such a weird... I, I'm, I'm sure this has been said a million times before by so many other people, but, like, the whole setup is so weird. Like, I... <laughs> How could it ever result in, you know, someone finding their soulmate mm-hmm. or whatever? But it does. It's so weird. Like, tons of the people now are, like, married and have kids. I'm like, how did this work? <laughs> I like, think who it's like, knew that's all it took? I think it's like going through, you know how, like, people who have gone through, like, a traumatic experience <laughs> yeah. together, like, bond? <laughs> or, like, there's something, like, they can only relate to each other because they've only, they're the only ones who've had it. Like, they go out and date someone else and the other people have not had that experience. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, they have to be with each other because like, anyone else is not going to be able to relate to them. Like pretty much all celebrities only like date and marry other celebrities. There's like Matt Damon who didn't and that's it. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think I'd be like Matt Damon, like he's gonna marry a celebrity at some point. You're like, yeah, he's gonna get divorced to marry a celebrity. Yeah, there's no way that's lasting. <laughs> well, you guys, I'm not cynical like you. I believe in Matt Damon's love. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so are we really done this time? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm sorry. So. That was the that was the one thing I had written down that I didn't say. It. Oh, like... okay, yeah, definitely. Then we should have you say it. Yeah, I did forget about that. That was interesting. <laughs> well, because it just made me. It totally like made me like I had. I started thinking about it really in depth. Like, like okay, well, like I just I just had to like I had to like hear what other people thought about her saying that because I was just I just couldn't figure out like okay what does that mean like in life terms like mm-hmm. what kind I of wonder, person I kind of that? wonder uh she's you know she is an actress or whatever if maybe she had auditioned for something else and uh maybe they kept her headshots for and a casting director saw it or something like that and that's why they got a hold of her yeah yeah, maybe. But she was saying she was, like, San Francisco-based, too, oh, which, like, okay. what are you acting in in San Francisco? That's a question I have. And like, Yeah, that, that <laughs> makes me wonder, like, how many reality show producers are out there looking at my Facebook every day just thinking maybe this guy could be on, <laughs> maybe this yeah, guy could be on a show. If this is really him, if this colorful afro is really <laughs> his hair... We're getting him on the next Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> they just have all these people, and then they, they have Greggy, Greggy, who's a clown. <laughs> well, you guys, I was thinking of a different show, but no, still. no, no, no. Imagine no, you stepping to be the out of the limo on Bachelorette. Come on, I can see I all. I can see all of her interviews about you being like, "Well, he's really unique. Like, he's he not like the laugh. other guys." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she acts like she's tickled by you being in a clown costume the whole time. She's like, I like, he's fun. He's just a fun I don't person. Know, I don't know what it is, but he's not like the other guys. And I, and I love that. Like, the other guys are threatened like, by you. They're like, yeah. this guy in the clown costume. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. <laughs> Joke to me, man. Okay, you guys, this is a great sketch. We have to write this down later. <laughs> <laughs> it is in my head it really is i'm, I, I'm enjoying it. it a lot <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> this is gonna be fun to edit <laughs> yeah you're gonna have a great time <laughs> <laughs> but it's also good i can't let any of it out <laughs> it has been super fun <laughs> <laughs> you well, guys are you. so good at hosting your show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Valerie. Thank you for being on for real. Um, but I do have to kick you out so we can do the first part. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, you guys still have to do stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna okay. do a like a pre-segment first, and then I'll okay. put it all together later. Well, have fun, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Beebs. <laughs> Bye. Okay, let me start a new segment on this thing. Do you need a break? Okay. Okay, ready to get started again? Yep. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Reality Show Show Show. Um, I'm your host, Greggy Hochstetler, and this week... <laughs> Andy, in... Okay, here, let me... See.
I'm your host, Greggy <laughs> Hockstetler. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Chanson. Thank- Chanson, thank you so much for being with me today. Glad to be here, as always. Yeah, it's weird that I thank you every week for being here. As though, you know, we don't always, you know, pre-plan these extensively. And, uh, I don't know, it's weird. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't think you have to apologize. Because, you know, I am I am the star of... I'm, the like, kind of the third host of Reality Show Show. And, you know, they talk about me a lot. I'm kind of the star of the forums. So, I get it. I totally get it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, as everyone knows, I mean... Th- just in case this is your first time listening, of course, we're hundreds of episodes in at this point. But uh, first, there was the reality show show where reality didn't bite, uh, where Sean Clements and Hayes Davenport would uh, talk about different reality shows. And then there was the reality show 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 where uh, Charlie and Joe would listen to reality show show and then talk about it in a you know in a podcast afterwards. I think that lasted like two episodes or something like that, but then they passed the reins on to Chanson and I, and we've been going strong ever since. When we get done with the show, there, of course, are only 39 episodes. We just, you know, take it back to the beginning and start over again. And uh, Yeah. Oh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, and it's, it's, really, it's really sad that Charlie and Joe passed away the way that they did in the uh, smelting accident in their industrial loft in Brooklyn, but... I think uh, I think it's good that we were able to uh, take this over and protect their legacy the way we have, and I think I think we really deserve a bat, uh, couple pats on the back for that. Yes, um, and yeah, of course, it's so sad to think about them dying so brutally the way they did, just melting basically in this in this huge fire that they started. Um, probably doing drugs. I mean, there's no toxicology reports because their bodies were completely cremated. But if I know these guys, they were either doing drugs or, like, fishing. But I can't – they couldn't have been fishing because they were in a, a loft in New York City. Yeah, I don't know where you'd fish in Brooklyn, but I, I imagine if there was a place to fish and also there's a smelter, that's where they'd be. So, <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, yeah, shout-out to you up in heaven. But um, we got to get back to the future, back to the now, where we are. Um, with Marty McBride. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like uh, every week we talk about the reality show show. This week we're going to be talking about episode 24 featuring Daniela McBride, Sean Clements, and Hayes Davenport with our guest coming up soon, Ms. Valerie Bryant, your favorite. Babes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the lady, the, the woman that wrote uh, the reality show show Christmas Carol. I, I think I'm going to put that in at the end of this episode so folks can hear it again because it was so good. Uh, she called in. She she was a an amazing forum writer, and uh, it, it's going to be great to have her. But first, you know, on reality show, 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 reality show, show is over. So it, it seems like those great bits that they did should be – it would be a shame if those were just gone, you know? So we bring those back every week. This week, the one we're going to do is Tanks But No Tanks. Uh, This was one of your favorites from Reality Show Show, wasn't it, Chanson? Yeah, I I love Tanks But No Tanks. I feel like like it's one of the most iconic bits from Reality Show Show. And it's one of the bits that are segments that I wish wish continued into Hollywood Handbook. But even though it didn't, I'm glad that we can kind of do this homage to it. Even even though we've done this 
several hundred times in the last <laughs> in in this in the run of this podcast so far. But but every time we do it, I feel like it takes on new meaning for me, and I and I just you know it really it really gives me a lot of joy and meaning to be able to do this. And we're giving credit where it's due. I mean, th- these guys originated this thing. Of course, we're going to stop every time and talk about how great we think it is. It's just, well, yeah, why, it's why only would we right. Um, are, are you a regular Shark Tank watcher, Chanson? I'm. I. I. I'm. I have. I have mixed feelings about Shark Tank because it. It sort of gives me anxiety because I had a startup one time and I. I put myself in those people's shoes and that gives me weird panic attacks. Oh, okay. But I also love seeing these kind of really, really self-confident people being torn to shreds by assholes. Yes. Which so so there's there's two pieces of it for me. Yeah, I only like when the companies are bad. That's what I like. Like if they come in and they're they're like a, a great success story and it's gonna really change their lives to um, be in business with these <laughs> these asshole rich snob idiots. Um, that makes me sad. When it when it's somebody that is really dumb and uh, they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. That is what makes me happy. Uh, this this episode that we're going to talk about this time, this segment, it's kind of a mix between those because the lady has has done a lot of sales, uh, but I, I don't know if she's got all her ducks in a row. Uh, this recent episode, well, let's go ahead and just play the first clip, okay? Let's go for it. Hello, sharks. My name's Elena Petzold, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I am the creator of Mama's Milk Box, and today I'm seeking $200,000 for 20% of my company. Sharks, take a look at my beautiful ladies right here. Don't they look amazing? Aren't their outfits spectacular? And guess what else? They're breastfeeding moms who are able to nurse their baby on demand or pump at a moment's notice. Hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So first of all, let me just say like, chances are 99% that we're going to say something, uh, offensive about breastfeeding mothers in this segment. And I just want to say a preemptive, so- I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I have nothing but respect for you and your, your, uh, your, your breastfeeding, no matter where you want to do it. It's all good to me. And I think I, I may have already done it. I may have already offended someone with just that. Well, but, I, I will say that, like, she came out real strong with that. Like, I think that's, I feel like when she came out with that, that was like, like, clearly, like, who's going to say no to breastfeeding mothers? Like, what kind of an asshole is going to do that? So, right. like, she started on a real high note. And when she, it, it was cool when she mentioned where she was from. Um, I, <laughs> Robert got a big kick out of that. He laughed really hard. Uh he he always loves any time anybody has kind of a a little joke in their spiel or whatever. You can always count on a laugh from Robert. He'll never freeze you out. He just loves pizzazz, and I feel like she really brought the pizzazz. Yeah. And uh, just just for my pervert listeners out there, when she said, "Take a look at my ladies," she was not talking about her breasts in that moment. Okay, I know you perverts were listening to that, and that's what you thought. But no, it was models. There on the on the show, uh, wearing her her outfits that she's designed, who were breastfeeding. So they were. She was talking about their breasts, not her breasts. Yeah. So 
Uh, here, here's another. So don't be gross, guys. Yeah, don't be gross. And and we're sorry for everyone we offended. In the breastfeeding world, we call breast milk liquid gold. Who wants to get in on the liquid gold recipe? The breastfeeding world, right? You are looking at the queen of breastfeeding fashion. In the breastfeeding world, we... Wow. So, obviously, everybody is going to want to get in on liquid gold. I mean, if I was an investor, that's, I mean, that's what I, that, that's what I'm trying, that's what I'm looking for. Yes, exactly. So Mama's Milk Box is a company that where uh, Elena sells subscription-based uh, nursing apparel. Nursing as in breastfeeding, not uh, the, the heroes out there every day uh, helping feed people out in the hospital. Um, she charges $29 per box, and then you look through the box, decide what you want to keep, and then you're charged for those items that you keep. So you're paying $29 for her to, to select... Uh, what she's going to send to you, and then you it's, you purchase those items. It's like Trunk Club, but it costs money. Right, exactly. It's not free if you don't use the things. It yes. still costs you money. Mm-hmm. And she uh, she's looking for two hundred thousand dollars for twenty percent of her bill her business. Uh, so she's a, valuing valuing her business at a million dollars today. Right, exactly. Um, let's see, next one. If I heard you correctly, you charge me $29 a month, but that's just a curating fee. Yes. So in your example is this box arrives and I say, wow, I want to buy this. I then have to purchase it. You just keep it. Right. And then send back whatever so in that box back. you don't want. How do I pay you for this one? We automatically bill you. And then you get a 10% discount if you keep it off. So. Oh, shit. If I heard you correctly, you tra- so all you're doing is you're a fashion stylist and you're curating other people's brands. No, we have our own private label. So in this, this box, this is my own me, private label. What's your margin on the products that you resell from others? It's usually around the fifty percent, but it is hard to tell. I really need better technology. Like that is why I'm here. So you that need a is financial person. I don't even need finance. I could go to a bank. I need no. a no, no, you need no, somebody no, that's going to do yourself. your P and Ls. That's going to be like helping you because if you don't know here, like what's the profit? Oh that yeah, you're no, making? I need- Yeah, so she doesn't but- need finance. She's got that covered. She's got, you know, lots of customers out there. What she needs is a financial person. She dropped so many bombs in that segment, too. Like, first of all, I have my own label. So I'm not just selling other people's stuff. I'm selling my own stuff. So I design clothes. That's a new thing we just learned about her. <laughs> and then and then also, she doesn't know what her profit and loss is on other people's stuff or her stuff. Like, okay, so who's keeping those records? Like, so many questions just just got asked right there without without them needing to be asked. Well, the person keeping the records is the financial person. She doesn't have one right now, but that's who's going to do it. So I, I don't know why they can get mad at her for that when she doesn't even have that yet. She doesn't have a financial person. So I guess, I mean, yeah, it was really wrong of me to call her out like that. And I apologize. Yeah, in an to ideal her world, right now. you know, Robert Herjavec is going to be her financial person that keeps track of all that stuff for her. I mean, that's that's who I would have do it. I, I can't think of any. Or Mark Cuban, maybe, too. I might have him do it. But Right. That's the best way to use their time. 
Yeah, I mean, he has a basketball team that he owns, and he's also a billionaire. But I think if he wants to run my maternity maternity clothing business uh, and, you know, spit out profit and loss reports for me, yeah. I think I think I think this would be a great partnership. Absolutely. And Elena is I- extremely smart. You can tell because she's always got a question for anything you ask, like even before you ask it. Like here, let me. I've got a business called Surprise Ride that ships boxes to people every month in subscription service. Every month they're different. Every month they curate to every single month. They also pick select products. But, but and hang on. Products. This is but, not custom. Tell me what's I listen different. to what the moms say. Well, they want to diminish the Elena, appearance of the large I get all that. For but I want to talk about the inventory challenge. Do you pick and pack? You put them in the First box. Of, our mall is more amazing than a traditional retail mall. Let me ask oh, you about well, actually have challenges. Let me finish. Well, of course, so there's a lot of challenges. As more and more people come into the platform, now every week or every cycle that you're sending a box, you have to buy the inventory, you have to put it on your shelf that ties up capital, then you put it in the box, it hasn't been paid for yet. I've go. already negotiated a bunch of net terms, but, and I'm also crazy of driving down the wholesale prices. Not afraid, Mr. Wonderful. Bring it. Give me the tough questions. So she is not afraid to answer your questions. She just doesn't want to hear them. Yeah, that, that, the problem is not is not uh, is not the questions. It's the fact that you're asking them. That's the problem. Yeah, those are different things. She's got all the answers. She's. I don't know how you could uh, how how you could even question her. Her business model is much more amazing than a traditional retail model. It's, I mean, she said it, she said that, and, and I don't know how you can refute that. I, I, don't, I don't see any way that you can say it's not, because it, it clearly is. And she's going to shove that down your throat whether you like it or not. <laughs> what you need to do is to quicken the cycle from when you have to buy the inventory, to curate the fashion, to ship it to the somebody. The moms can select if they want to receive it sooner, but that's actually how I've been able to get this to this level. No, I do like keeping it at you're the really successful. Weeks. I have customers lined up, and oh, I know when they're selling. Can I ask you to slow down your answers? It seems like everything we ask, before you even get the words out, you're jumping right in it, and it's going to work against you. So just take a breath. It's born out of enthusiasm, but take Love a breath. Love the enthusiasm. What are, what your, are your sales? sales? would be a great start. Last year, uh, 83,000 in sales and that was actually on the side because I was busy raising my children. We've already surpassed last year's sales at about 84,000. By the time I close out this month, we'll be at 100,000 because I have 100 shipments I have to process. And how much do you have back. in inventory, in cash? About 160. 160,000 in inventory? Are, when you ask how much is in it, are you asking the wholesaler? What's your cost? Your inventory? Inventory? How much did you pay for your inventory? Um... Okay, so yeah, it sometimes it's a little hard to nail down exactly, you know, the the, the big the the specifics with Elena. Um, she took a line of credit to get going, forty thousand dollars. Then she put twenty seven thousand dollars on her credit cards. Um, she's never taken a salary. She keeps pumping this money back into the inventory. Uh, so she's got one hundred and sixty thousand dollars worth of inventory on hand. Yeah, I mean, that's what Amazon does, and it's working for them. They're a multi-billion dollar company, and they own most of Seattle now. So, uh, if it, I mean, as far as I can tell, she's on her way to owning most of Pittsburgh. That's what what. Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> what what, indeed. Uh, it it kind of pisses me off that these sharks are giving her such a hard time 
about these, you know, these real specific nitty gritty things when she has so much passion. And she was doing this as her second job. Her first job was as a mom. Oh, yeah. Which she, which she mentioned. She said that. I'm just <laughs> repeating what she said. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at her. Right. Um, yeah, sorry to anyone we offended. I don't, I don't think that's actually offensive. I think you were in the clear there, Chanson. Thank God. <laughs> um, here we go. Here's another one. You sold a hundred thousand. What did it cost? Your cost you? of goods to get that hundred thousand stuff to sell. What did it cost you? I can't tell you that. So how do you keep track of everything? How do you do your books? Excel and paper. Elena, there's we've all we've all been. That's in... why I'm here. No, but Elena, I'm like you guys. If I can make a hundred thousand dollars using Excel and paper, Elena, you know, if you didn't Excel make a hundred thousand. Okay. You didn't make a hundred thousand. Don't confuse selling a hundred thousand with making a hundred thousand. So we've all. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because what Kevin's like Kevin said, you keep on adding to your, your debt, right, to finance all this. That could all be lost money, and you're falling further and further behind. You've sold $100,000 here. You've got $120,000 in inventory, and you've got $67,000 in debt. And it never occurred to you to say, we need an accountant or bookkeeper to make sure I know what's going on. Well, I have an accountant, and he's my husband, and he's very good. The problem is he's not dedicated to his business. He well, has that's his own still job. the same answer, Elena. You didn't get it done. The amount. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Indeed. So... Up to now, I'm kind of in the tanks column personally. Like, I'm not a Mark Cuban type. I don't know all this stuff. Um, obviously, I'm like Elena more like, I'd say. Uh, but Mark is really upset that she didn't have an accountant take a look at her books and figure out whether or not she's making a profit, you know? Uh, I, is profit important in business, Chanson? I mean... I don't know. I had a startup and we never made money and I put that on my resume and no one really cares. So I feel like I'm also unemployed. I should mention that. Um, <laughs> so, so there's that. Um, yeah, I, I think she's, uh, I, I think she's doing pretty well. She st- stood up to Mark Cuban and was like, Hey, my accountant's my husband, you sexist pig. Well, she didn't say that, but like, I feel like, I feel like that's something she would say. Right. Yeah, I don't think I got it in any of the clips, um, even though I have way too many clips, uh, more than they did in Reality Show Show. But uh, there was a point where she kind of implies that the reason that they're asking her so many questions is because she's a woman. And uh, Barbara and Lori step up very quickly to, to say, no, 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 no. That is not what's going on here. It Barbara, is- who who I believe runs like a real estate empire in New York city. Like I think she is the like number one real estate person in New York city. Like if you are doing anything, I, I have a lot of respect for Barbara's business actually as a, a weird real estate, like uh, person who's interested in that. Like I know a lot about her and her business is amazing. Mm. So I, I almost, I think of all those people in that room, she's the person I trust the most, which I don't think is true for most people who watch the show. <laughs> It's interesting that she, her husband never has gone over her books, you know, really and closely. A, and, he's an, and he's an accountant. Like, he knows how to do this stuff. It's not, it, like, the stuff they're asking her for, really, it's not that hard to do. And, I mean, she's made $100,000 with just Excel and paper, so. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Like, just imagine what she would do with a money person, like a finance person. It'd be crazy. But imagine if she, imagine if she had, yeah, a, like a finance person, or like, I don't know, TurboTax, or <laughs> you know, any, any, yeah, Quicken, basic just software, Quicken. yeah, like. <laughs> Like, imagine if she put, like, 10 minutes into an internet search on this and figured out how to do it herself. Like, <laughs> she I, – I don't, I don't know. I think, I think she'd really have something. Uh-huh. Well, they don't tell you this, but every other person that comes on Shark Tank and has these numbers, that's because they've, they're all, you know, graduates of, you know, business school. Um, even the, the eight-year-old kids that come on there, yeah, none of them all are self-taught. Do- They've all been to top ten business schools, and they all have MBAs, and and they're all also lawyers, and you know, and she's just a mom who has a husband who's an accountant, and how could she be expected to know any of this? <laughs> Damon Johns, he yes, he started off going door to door selling people his clothes, but they don't say that's because first he spent four years at a business school. Right, he went to Wharton with Donald Trump, <laughs> University of Pennsylvania. That's Ivy League. Oh wow! I didn't even know that about him. That's crazy. Yeah, he he went with Donald Trump, and then he started doing Sean John door to door. I actually think uh, it's very hard for me to see if you really have a good business here. It's just that it's so very confusing that you don't enable us to make a decision. Yes, we want that thing. Right? I, so because of the confusion, I'm out. Thank you for your feedback. I mean, I really do. This business I'm expecting is going to be up to 220 by the end of the year. Mr. Wonderful, the fact that you keep looking at numbers, let me explain to you, too. And Lori also and Robert, if you guys want to be dead to me, that's fine. Or I, I want you to come back. I will hope to try and bring you back. I know every single thing there is to know about breastfeeding clothes I, and from all around the world. Galena, but I don't want to buy selling. from them. Okay, so that is actually a really good sign. Mr. Wonderful says you can stop selling I think that that's a good sign that he's on board now. He doesn't need to hear any more of this, you know, business talk that she's got put together. Yeah, that's, I mean, if someone had sold me on something, I would say, hey, stop selling to me. I I get it. I am on board. Yeah, he's, that's his basically, a lot of people don't know, but uh, Kevin O'Leary is actually a huge fan of that movie Jerry Maguire. And <laughs> anytime he, he sees a business, he really, he really wants he says, stop selling to me. You had me at hello. Um, I assume that's what's going to be said next. Uh, I'm not sure. It almost feels inevitable. It's like, like it, it almost feels hack at this point because it's like we know what's coming. We know he's going to say that. So, yeah. Oh, wait. Actually, now I'm looking at my notes. And uh, my next bullet point is then Mr. Wonderful is out. Um, so that's kind of a bad news for Elena. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did not expect that. I uh, think uh, – I I think she's I think she's onto something with saying that that if you don't want to be dead to me, uh, you you should come back and I know everything there is to know about uh, maternity clothes from all over the world. Yes, I feel like you know appealing to to their need for an expert like real smart. That's that's the number one thing. Demean the people that you're selling to. That's a great idea and it works. Well, it's liquid gold, Chanson. Oh well, yeah, you know I forgot that I was being a little sarcastic and. If you're selling liquid gold, I mean, okay, fine. I think you can do that because. Okay, so this, okay. <laughs> this is my next, this one is my favorite clip. 
I think you're going to see why. It is really, really good. Here we go. Nobody doubts your enthusiasm. It's off the charts. It's infectious, I know, thank you. It's I am a character. But look, People like talking to me, I get it. But you're not even listening to me. No, I'm listening no, to you. It's not. off the charts. You're not. That's Sorry. the problem. <laughs> so she read the... She read the room perfectly at that point. Like they're they're all saying, you know, maybe maybe we don't want to invest in your business because it's too good. Um you're just too likable and enjoyable to have around. Yeah, and she's like, Yeah, I know I am. Like I'm here because I I need I need someone to invest in me because no one else will. <laughs> is is what I heard, and maybe I'm wrong. Like, yeah. So it, it you could listen to that and think maybe Robert is trying to get out the reason why he's out, but she won't let him because she won't stop talking. I don't uh, think that's it. I think, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem right. Does it? When you're selling liquid gold. Well, again, I'm looking at my notes and it turns out Robert was actually out at that point. And then oh, Lori, oh. Ugh, this is sad. It, it was a tanks, but no tanks all around. Uh, Lori is out as well, uh, and she doesn't take it well. Uh, Elena does not take it well. Um, she here. That's let surprising me just, to me. It seems like she would take it well. Let me just play this clip because it's it's so like it, it's these moments where you know the the walls come down. People are very vulnerable. Um, they let their real emotions show, and uh, yeah, this, I mean, yeah. I'm excited to hear how gracefully she's let down by this. Yes. It, and I don't know. I, I, I don't want to make all of our listeners, you know, freaking cry their eyes out. But if, sometimes you just have to get these moments out there. Here we go. You know what? She wasn't here for a deal. She was here for life preserver. Oh my gosh, she would kill me. All right, I need a drink. I need like a stiff drink. I need a drink. Painful to watch that. Oh yeah. So she she didn't want to do the ugly crying thing, but she couldn't help herself, and then nobody had a tissue. Huh. Mm. I feel like I've been wrong a lot in this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, Every I, step of the way. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of p- pulled a fast one on you there, but so she asked for a tissue. No one had a tissue, and suddenly, uh, immediately, she she wasn't crying anymore. She was making a joke about how everybody left her hanging. Uh, so she's kind of a chameleon, I'd say. Like she goes into the Shark Tank. She's so excited about her product. Um, then people start asking her questions about her product and, uh, she kind of tries to filibuster them, uh, by answering questions they're not asking. They all go out and she goes out in the hall and you think she's, she's crying, but no, she actually just needs a stiff drink. Yeah. Like, like a responsible mom (laughs) who, who is really trying to show the best side of her business on a television show. Where she might not get investors on the TV show, like from the asshole famous people uh, who no one likes that are on TV, but she might like attract other investors from the millions of people who love and enjoy this show every day uh, or every week. And 
I think she really put her best face forward on the show to show that, okay, well, maybe these people aren't going to invest in my business, but there's, I just got a ton of exposure. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Right. Right. Yeah. I I feel like we both saw the same show, right? Like that's what, that's, I think we can agree that that's what she did. And well, and then at the end, maybe that was just another business move. Like, okay, these sharks didn't get her. They didn't get her product. They didn't get her uh, whole business. But maybe folks at home are going to be watching this. They'll want to invest in it. Then they find out at the end, you know, it's not that big a deal to her. She's not crying about it, really. She just needs a stiff drink. She's a, she's a fun gal, you know? Yeah, she just needs to go out and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder if she is currently breastfeeding. That might not be great for, uh, you know, drinking during that time. But I'm not yeah. the expert. She's the breastfeeding expert, of course. Of like, she's not only the breastfeeding expert of people in her culture, but the breastfeeding expert, I believe, of of all breastfeeding around the world. I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm not quoting verbatim, but I am paraphrasing, and I think she did say something to that effect. So, I mean, if if she she definitely is the person who would know whether or not she can drink while breastfeeding. It almost seems like with this one, there was a lot of other. Like, because she didn't know her numbers that well, they, they, they skipped over a lot of the other Shark Tank steps. Like, it, it seems like making a big business out of, uh, breastfeeding mother's clothes, uh, with a subscription box service might not be a great business model. Uh, but they never got a chance to go into that and the numbers behind that because, like, everything else was so, uh, you know, not accounted for. It, yeah, you do feel like there's those people are going to drop off at some point because they're not going to be breastfeeding. I don't really know how long. Again, here's the thing. I'm not full disclosure. I'm not a mom. I've never breastfed. I don't have kids. Um, and this is not a service that I personally would ever subscribe to because I don't. None of those three things are true. And um, full disclosure, I'm a man and I actually can't can't give birth and and oh, cannot. Chanson. I don't need maternity clothes and and i you know i'm shamefully admitting this but uh if if i had to guess based on lacking any of those qualities i would say that there's a a lifespan to the time when you need maternity clothes and then you don't need them anymore and then you have to constantly be going to get new customers and that seems like a hurdle that may not have been crossed yet for her i don't know again i don't know i'm not a mom i'm not breastfeeding uh, I was starting to think not, we could get through without you offending everybody, but then you had to go and say all that stuff. Jesus. I mean, I, I'll admit I'm not qualified to say what I just said, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And also it seems like uh, there was like one season where you could get a deal doing a subscription box service, but that was like three years ago. And you need to knock that off. Like, that's not a big Shark Tank thing anymore. Yeah, it does feel like, uh, it does feel like subscription box services were a moment in time. And are any of them still around? I don't, I assume that geek one is, but. Oh, yeah. Ner- loot Crate. Oh, of course. Nerd, nerd Box or whatever it I is. I love yeah, it. Loot Crate. That's it. Open them up every week. Use offer code reality show show show. Uh, for the geek pop culture gamer in your life, you can get the XL package that comes with extra shit for extra money. Um, it's awesome. I'm glad you're managing our uh, our advertisers because I am clearly not paying attention to any of this. 
Yeah. I'm just cashing the checks. That's We got a new one this week, Fuckbox. Uh it comes with like uh lubes, condoms, uh toys, a DVD, everything you want. Oh my god, that must exist. <laughs> I hope it does. That that definitely 100%. There is a sex toy loot crate out there. I wonder they if probably adver- themselves run it. They probably advertise on that Sex Nerd Sandra podcast or whatever. I haven't heard that one. I actually don't listen to that many podcasts, but uh, it sounds good. I'll, I'll have to check it out. But it's yeah, on, that it's was... on, take it take it with a grain of salt. It's on that uh, Nerdist. So. Uh, okay, but that was tanks, but no tanks. Uh, next, we got to get to our guest. But I just got to hear this one one more time. Here we go. Nobody doubts your enthusiasm. It's off the charts. It's infectious. I know. Thank you. It's I am a character. But look, People you're... like talking to me. I get it. Yeah, but you're not even listening to me. <laughs> she no, gets it. You, it's not. You're not. That's Sorry. the problem. <laughs> she, she gets it. Let you're me not tell even you. listening to me. It's off the charts. I know. <laughs> so good. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back with our guest, Valerie Bryant. Woo! Okay, great job, Chance, and we did it. That was good. <laughs> Yes, this is going to be a good episode, I think. That was a, I love I love that shark take. <laughs> yeah, I think I did do too many clips and some of them were too so. long, but uh, you know, I wanted to get everything, all the good stuff in there. I think you set you really set the tone cuz it is kind of hard like it's kind of fun to watch the meltdown like each little piece. Uh-huh. Cuz it just gets worse and you think it it can't get worse. Like it's, she's <laughs> going to recover. Like, she's running a business. Like, she's gonna, you know, stiff up her lip, all of that. Nope. Nope. Didn't. <laughs> has $100,000 in sales. Still cries. Like. Yeah. You're like, you, you must have been through something in this business that's taught you, oh, I, you know, I'll just keep going and it'll be fine. Like, nope. <laughs> None of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I almost switched it to another one uh, because I've been watching Shark Tank just to try to find them. There was one where a lady was selling algae pellets, um, and For she was what? kind of a kook, like uh, just like uh, trying to say they were great for you and all this stuff. Um, of course, Mark Cuban hates when people come on and do stuff like that. Yeah, I don't see that going well with. Him. I don't see that going well with most of them, actually. Yeah, uh, because she was saying how it cures all this stuff and it's so good for oh, you. Oh boy. Yeah. So the. And she was, like, crazy. <laughs> it's great to get... I mean, one of the things that I've learned in uh, my short time in, in business and I'll just also just in the world is it's great to get involved legally and financially with someone who's making unverified claims. I think that's <laughs> that's one of the number one things that you should do in business. <laughs> but this lady was better because she just would not let anyone talk. and She really did seem like she was filibustering up there. Yeah, she was like, if I if I stay here long enough, they have to say yes. It's the <laughs> rules. She read some like clause in in the contract where where it's just in there like, if Mark Cuban doesn't say no within five minutes, he's automatically in. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, I think we're all done. Thank you so much for doing this with me. All right, see you later. See ya. <laughs>